at remotepc.com. Northern Light is supported by the Depot Theater, the Adirondacks' only actors' equity-affiliated company, physically distant, artistically connected, professionally produced. Learn more at depotheater.org. And by NCC Systems, a veteran-owned company protecting North Country businesses and homes for 48 years. Offering cameras, security, fire alarms, and entry control, nccsystems.com. This is North Country Public Radio. It is seven minutes past eight on this Friday, July 30th. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Coming up, we'll hike up a fire tower on Bald Mountain in Old Forge. First, though, here's news from North Country Public Radio. Governor Cuomo plans to mandate COVID-19 vaccines for all state workers by Labor Day. Anyone who remains unvaccinated will be subject to regular testing for the viral infection. The announcement did not land well with some of the labor unions representing public employees who say they were not consulted. Ryan Finnerty reports. In making the announcement... Cuomo said there is no doubt the highly contagious Delta variant has changed the situation across New York State. Today we have 2,200 cases. One month ago, basically, we had 275 cases. So the increase in the numbers is real. It's not an overstatement. It's not a fabrication. The governor noted that while 75% of New York adults have been vaccinated, that still leaves 3.5 million state residents vulnerable to infection. In response, Cuomo said he'll require all employees of New York State to get vaccinated by Labor Day or be subject to weekly testing. That announcement wasn't well received by some of those workers. People are very upset, to put it politely. John Roberts is an executive with the union that represents state corrections officers, more than 5,000 of whom work in the North Country. When he announced the new policy, Governor Cuomo stated his office was working with unions to implement the change quickly and fairly. Roberts disputes that claim and says the prison workers union found out via Twitter. Yesterday we get a tweet saying he's working with the unions, which was 100% inaccurate. Very concerning to say the least. Roberts says the union was subsequently contacted by the governor's office, but they remain opposed to a vaccine mandate from Albany. COVID-19 outbreaks have been widespread throughout the state prison system. And the State Department of Corrections says all inmates have been offered the vaccine, with 46% getting the shot. It's not clear exactly how many corrections officers have been immunized, although the state reports more than 8,000 have voluntarily been vaccinated while at work. John Roberts says CO want to make that choice themselves. I believe everybody's stance for the most part is it should be everyone's individual choice whether they get vaccinated or not. I myself have gotten the vaccine, but that was my choice. It wasn't the Department of Corrections choice for me to get it. New York State is not alone in moving to mandate vaccines. The state of California and the city of New York were first, and President Biden has announced a similar policy for the federal workforce. The Department of Veterans Affairs already had that requirement in place for its thousands of medical workers. And the U.S. military requires service members to get vaccinated for 17 different diseases, but COVID-19 is currently not one of them. Because they're still under emergency authorization by the Food and Drug Administration, 
Those vaccines remain voluntary for service members, but senior military leaders have said that will likely change when full regulatory approval is granted. Ryan Finnerty, North Country Public Radio. About 46% of the state's inmate population has been vaccinated against COVID-19. That's according to the New York State Department of Corrections. In a statement, the department said all 32,000 inmates have been offered the vaccine and there have been vaccination clinics in each of the state's more than 50 prisons. The state says it's offered inmates incentives to get vaccinated, ranging from care packages to barbecues. Since the start of the pandemic, more than 6,000 inmates have been sick and 35 have died of COVID. And low-income Vermonters are getting the opportunity to get a college degree tuition-free thanks to federal COVID relief money. The 802 Opportunity Grant pays for up to two years of tuition to the Community College of Vermont to any Vermonter with a family-adjusted gross income of less than $50,000 a year. There are 33 different programs at CCV that are eligible. Starting this fall, the program is open to new or returning students. The program was approved by the Vermont legislature earlier this year. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. It's coming up on 12 minutes past 8. Good morning. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. Stick around. We'll meet the magician performing in Old Forge this summer. Describes his show as if Van Halen and David Copperfield had a baby. We'll have more on that in just a few minutes right here on Northern Light. Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Foundation, helping people and families build a legacy of generosity for the Adirondacks. Adirondackfoundation.org. And by Barstow Subaru Potsdam, committed to the safety and security of all-wheel drive. Details at barstowsubaru.com. This is music by the Currys in Potsdam. popular Adirondack towns, there's a popular hike. It's usually pretty short with a great view. There's a big payoff, not much effort. Think Cobble Hill and Lake Placid and Pilot Knob and Lake George. Well, in Old Forge, that hike is up to the Rondacks Fire Tower on Bald Mountain. Our Adirondack reporter Emily Russell found plenty of wilderness along the way and beautiful summer views from the top. It's a really busy day in Old Forge, which is just maybe a mile or so away from here. You can hear a little bit of the hum of the cars, but it's so cool just to go out of town and really quickly be in the woods like this. Now, for anyone who has been on this trail before, you know it can get busy. It's just a mile up to the summit, and there are no technical sections, so it's a really good option for families. 
<laughs> On this day, I pass a lot of people going up and coming down, but I also get a lot of moments of quiet, plenty of time to just take in this summery world around me. This trail is just got green on all sides, really bright. The sun is out, so it's kind of shimmering through the leaves and the birds and the wildlife are really loud right now. It's really neat. Really quickly, this trail climbs up a big face of rock with these trees growing on top of it. So there are all these roots that are kind of winding over the rock face and kind of weaving in and out of each other. These roots have been worn smooth from years of hikers climbing up and over them. There are clumps of wildflowers, little bursts of white and yellow among all the green. So I'm finding that a lot of this trail climbs up this bald rock, which way, (laughs) I guess is how it got its name, (laughs) Bald Mountain. And uh, it's like a natural trail that leads you up this mountain. I hop from one bald rock face to another. The trees start to thin, and I climb out into the open, into a small crowd on the summit. I wait a few minutes for the fire tower to free up, and then start the final climb. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is so cool. pretty windy, but uh, I can just see this long stretch of lakes out in front of me, mountains in every view. There's so much bright green color all around me, people taking selfies up with their friends and family and dogs and babies. It's just a beautiful day up here on the Rondax Fire Tower on Bald Mountain. I'm Emily Russell for North Country Public Radio. Find photos from Emily's hike at her website, ncpr.org. You're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. Or is it just an audio illusion? I'm Todd Moe. <laughs> and I'm Monica Sandreski. <laughs> yes, I wonder what it could be. Well, we'll find out more about the magician performing an old forge this summer in just a few minutes. But before that, we'll find out about the Adirondack conditions from John Warren. After that, stick around for Bird Note at 830. Rival adult bald eagles perform mid-air cartwheel battles. That's coming up at 830. Right now, it's 50. 59 degrees in Harrisville, 57 degrees in Tupper Lake, 61 in North Creek. But for a look at the conditions in the Adirondacks, here's John Warren with the uh, New York Almanac. There are some showers in the forecast that will keep the fire danger low, but waters are going to remain high for this time of year. Some stream crossings may be difficult this weekend, and high waters can hide obstacles that are usually visible. Use caution while boating in unfamiliar places, and be aware of strong currents at the region's swimming holes.
All this rain has eased the underlying drought conditions some, but we're still in enough of a water deficit that the U.S. Drought Monitor reports most of northern New York as abnormally dry, with some areas of moderate drought in the far northeast of the state. Don't be misled by that, however. Rivers and streams are running well above normal around the region. It's been a great year for whitewater rafting or paddling those low-water routes that are often impassable at this time of year. This will be another great weekend to check out the region's many waterfalls. As always, when waters are high, use extreme caution. Powerful currents have taken many lives in the Adirondacks at times like these. The Hudson River remains over four feet at the gauge in North Creek. The gauge on the Racket River at Piercefield reads at about six feet. And Lake Champlain, just above Whitehall, the gauge reads about 95 feet. Water temperatures are mostly around or just above 70 degrees, with some of the warmest spots reaching in the mid-70s. And the Port Henry boat launch on Lake Champlain is closed for maintenance today, but is expected to reopen tomorrow. Those are the outdoor conditions in the Adirondacks this weekend. For North Country Public Radio, this is John Warren from the New York Almanac, online at newyorkalmanac.com. Okay, I want to introduce you to The Magician performing at the Strand Theater in Old Forge this summer. Leon Etienne has performed internationally and competed on national TV shows like America's Got Talent, plus Penn & Teller's TV show Fool Us. But look out, he and his assistant Chelsea LaCongo are upstate New York natives. Their show in Old Forge this summer, Magic Rocks. All right, so what do you think of when you think of magicians? Maybe it's kids' birthday parties, the bright-colored Doug Henning from the 1970s, maybe Job from Arrested Development. I don't have time for your magic tricks. Illusions, Dad. You don't have time for my illusions. What is wrong with you? Well, Leon Etienne is none of those. Leon loves two things, magic and hard rock. The way I try to describe what I try to do is if Van Halen and David Copperfield had a baby. That's what you get. So you get like a rock show with magic in it. It is a leather-studded show, and it totally rocks. Backstage pre-show at the Strand in Old Forge, Leon sports a mohawk and a Metallica t-shirt and double-checks his deck of cards. Leon caught the magic bug growing up in Utica. He was grounded and bored. He dug up an old magic kit from his grandma and learned a trick. Do you remember what the trick was? I do. You take an envelope, you take a playing card, you rip it into four pieces, you put the pieces in the envelope, snap your fingers, open it up, and the pieces are now whole again. I showed it to her and I watched her mind just melt in front of me. Man, this is it, he thought. There was something transcendent about it. His dad found the local magic club, which was part of the huge organization, the International Brotherhood of Magicians. He started magic lessons on the weekends. He joined a circus to learn how to safely get out of a straitjacket upside down and watched his magic idols on screen every year for the world's greatest magic show. They were at like Caesar's Palace, yes. right? Yes, that they was were. A bi- that was a yes. big thing in our house too. Yeah. Was world's I've greatest never magic- met anyone else that's, right? that like relates to that. We have it 
still on, I think my parents still have it on VHS, what they taped. (laughs) He mastered the classics and started building his own tricks. He'd buy discounted ones at magic trick warehouses, these places full of out of style, super 70s magic tricks. My first illusion ever, like illusion, which is not a card trick, you know, we're talking something big. It was a box that makes a woman appear out of midair, you know. It came off a Carnival cruise ship, and it was designed to look like a jewelry box. So it was pink. It had jewels glued all over it to the plexiglass, but it was 500 bucks. Where new, the one I wanted to design would have been about 5,000. I learned how to paint, learn how to sand, buff aluminum, which like haunts me to this day, but I needed to do it then, you know? And now the good thing is I don't know a lot of other illusionists that can go on the road and repair their own equipment if something does break. It was all coming together. Then came the hard rock. That clicked, believe it or not, when he got tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. You know, it's an orchestra, but with electric guitars, fire, fog machines, a lot of leather. Well, he didn't know who they were. He heard orchestra and thought classical music. We're wearing a shirt and a tie. Then they strike that first musical note at the top of the show. I'm like, holy crap, this is not what we thought it was going to be. That was right when like, I first thought of Magic Rocks, like that title for a show. Later, he met his now assistant, Chelsea LaCongo, performing on the same cruise ship. When he first brought me to his warehouse... That sounds creepy. <laughs> no. He was secretly testing me, so he brought this illusion out, and he's like, oh, this is one of my favorite illusions... You want to try to get in it? And I was like, I can try. (laughs) Of course, I was feeling the pressure too. And I was like, I really got to get into this box quickly. And I I got in and I was like, oh, I got to get out of this thing. And I couldn't figure out how to get out. So I was so nervous and so scared. But now I'm jumping in and out of boxes all over. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, the show is about to start. Chelsea wheels out the box of illusions. They double check the setup. Set. Sawing is good for you. Backstage, Leon tosses three cards in the air for good luck. If I catch one, two, three, it's going to be a good show. (laughs) (laughs) In the show, he saws Chelsea in half, jokes with the audience, and flips cards doing wicked good sleight of hand. You bear! Out in the lobby. You have two fans out there that want to say hi to you from the Memorial Day weekend shows. Okay, tell them I'll be out there in 30 seconds. Next generation magic mega fan Carly Exton is waiting to see him with her mom. <laughs> Do you have a favorite trick that he does? I like the one that um, he cuts the girl on the box, and it's so cool because then she's alive. Have you ever thought about doing magic tricks yourself? Yeah, um, it's just so cool. I, I just really like it. Sounds like she's headed on the same path as Leon. In Old Forge, I'm Monica Sandresky for North Country Public Radio.
You can see Leon Etienne performing between now and August 15th, weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sundays at 8 o'clock at the Strand Theater in Old Forge. Find out more from the Strand Theater. It's 827, and uh, you're listening to Northern Light on this Friday. Call this segment Fun Friday. <laughs> Fun Friday, Absolute. Monica. I think one of my favorite things is seeing you jam out to heart <laughs> in master control. I love <laughs> it. Right in front of I me. feel 40 years younger. <laughs> Northern Light is supported by Cloud Splitter Foundation, making grants to improve the environment, economies, and lives of people in the Adirondacks online at cloudsplitter.org and by Gato Diablo Coffee Roasters Cape Vincent supporting the environment with bird-friendly coffee from farms certified by the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center gatodiablo.coffee and stay tuned we're off to bird note in just a couple of minutes thank you so much for listening on this Friday July 30th speaking of birds I want to remind you that you've got some opportunities to check out uh, a presentation by Loon Lessons author, Dr. Jim Paruk. He's going to be in our neck of the woods uh, this this weekend, actually into early next week, presented by the, the Adirondack Center for Loon Conservation. Uh, all the presentations are free and open to the public. Coming up on Sunday afternoon at 1.30 at SUNY ESF's Adirondack Interpretive Center in Newcomb. He'll give a presentation. That's August First, which is Sunday, one thirty in the afternoon. Then Monday, there's a reception at 6 p.m., a presentation at 7 at the VIEW Center for the Arts and Culture in Old Forge. And uh, Tuesday at 2 in the afternoon at the at, at uh, the Adirondack Experience in Blue Mountain Lake. That's at 2 o'clock. Um, and again, uh, Dr. Jim Paruk, an evolutionary uh, – we'll talk about the evolutionary approach to understanding loon behavior and life history – He's one of the foremost loon scientists, and uh, you get a chance to meet him and chat with him. If you want more information, check out uh, the website, adkloon.org. And also, I'm going to hand this off to Monica in just a moment, but I want to remind you that there is a new farmer's market opening in Bloomingdale this Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all throughout August, uh, in front of the Hex and Hop Brewery, starting this Sunday, the market will be open every Sunday through the end of August. So a new farmer's market in the Adirondacks in Bloomingdale in front of the Hex and Hop Brewery starting this Sunday. Yes, there's a lot of wonderful things cooking this weekend. If you like classical music, the the Sinfonietta is playing at the Lake Placid Center for the Arts. If you're into art galleries and checking out some new art, uh, head to the Tannery Pond Community Center um, in North Creek. They're doing a sh- um, the gallery on exhibit right now is Rock Paper Paint about the ancient art of playing games. And if you're into radio plays featuring Shakespeare, we've got that for you too in Long Lake. 
an abridged uh, Shakespeare in the Park program of Twelfth Night. It's outdoors, it's free, and it's part of the Adirondack Lakes Summer Theater Festival. And for more information, you can go to adirondackarts.org. The Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra Outdoors in Inlet tonight and tomorrow night. Tonight uh, in Inlet at Arrowhead Park, there's a children's concert at 6 and then a concert at uh, 7.30 and then tomorrow night as well, 7.30. The Rochester Philharmonic Outdoors in Inlet tonight and tomorrow night. Wow, Inlet is the place to be this weekend between that radio radio play. Awesome. Here's Bird Note. This is Bird Note. Two adult eagles flying high above the ground confront each other, talons outstretched, then suddenly lock onto each other's talons. Gravity takes over, and the pair, still fully entangled, wings flailing, begin to cartwheel to earth. Just before they smack the ground, they disengage and begin to fly upward. This cartwheel display of courting bald eagles is thrilling, both highly acrobatic and downright hazardous. Once in a while, the two birds fail to release their talons and reach the earth, still fully in each other's iron grasp. Rival adults competing for mates or territory sometimes perform the same wild flight. And neither seems in a hurry to let go. Their clasp could last for hours. At last, the eagles unlock talons and fly off back into the sky where they could, perhaps, meet again for another dramatic bout of cartwheeling. For Bird Note, I'm Mary McCann. Today's show brought to you by the Bobolink Foundation. It's 8.32, and you're listening to Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio, supported by Environmental Advocates and Why, working for clean air, pure water, and a healthier North Country. More information at eany.org. And Merrill L. Thomas, Inc., a real estate and vacation rental firm specializing in waterfront and great camp properties in the Olympic region of Lake Placid since 1943. More information at adirondackestates.org. Don't forget the Sunday Rock Review tonight, Russell Theater, 7 o'clock, and tomorrow a matinee at 2. Ten years of showstoppers celebrating music and theater and education and history. The Russell Theater tonight at 7 and tomorrow afternoon at 2. That's the show for the day. I'm going to head out. Todd will stick around with you. Morning Edition continues in just a minute. Then at lunchtime today, join us for First Person. Each month, First Person presents stories about the people and the culture of the North Country. Today, host Mitch Tyke celebrates summer vacations with some memorable interviews from the last 18 months. Hear from Eric Hansen, host of the TV show Epic Trails, St. Lawrence University organist Sandra Proctor, and author Ham Martin. Join us for First Person today at lunchtime between noon and one o'clock right here on NCPR. 
Friday, and we want to say thanks to this tremendous team of people who produce Northern Lights, Celia Clark, Amy Feireisel, Ryan Finnerty, Emily Russell, David Summerstein, the whole crew at NCPR, and you, your support to this station is very important as well. 